Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner for the Banter's Aspirations. There's two NHL superstars this week throwing helmets and elbows. My guy, bows, elbows, and superstars are not something that should ever be sane in the same sentence. Like, not okay, guys. What are you doing? Dude, they were mad. Both guys, I have no idea what was going through their heads, but they didn't get suspended. They only got the maximum amount of fine, which is like $5,000. So, like, chump change to them. Hopefully, it'll deter them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hopefully, right? But you really shouldn't be getting upset and throwing bows like that. Like, uh, ooch, ooch, Matt. Man, it's so bad. And it's a bad look for the game when your superstars are doing it. Funniest thing is Nathan McKinnon last year won the Lady Bing, which is the most gentlemanly player in the league. And he does something <laughs> like that, throws a helmet at Car- Connor Garland's face. Like, that was so funny, but also, like, really bad. <laughs> hey, man, he was just trying to be a gentleman. He's like, here, I'll give you your helmet back. He just threw it at him instead of, you know, lightly tossing it. But, <laughs> Matt, it happens, you know? People get upset, you know, you can get crazy things. I have to tell you this funny story, Matt. I mean, it's not really funny. I feel bad actually saying that. But in the NBA this week, the Jazz had a serious emergency, which is crazy to think. So, I don't know if it was Wednesday, I can't remember, but their plane is, is, is taking off so they can go to the, one of their away games, and a flock of birds fly into one of their engines. And all of a sudden, you know, they've got an engine on fire, the whole thing is shaking, and they have to do this emergency landing. And it's like, the whole team is freaking out. Clarkson is literally like, players feared for their lives, like, we were texting our family, like, just in case, like, Matt, crazy moment for this team absolutely wild man i didn't hear about it i had a pretty crazy week myself but dang man i'm glad that they're okay i'm glad that everybody's fine and that the plane landed safely but that's wild man I, how come i didn't hear about that man I, I don't know if it got swept under the rug but it was crazy like donovan mitchell didn't play that game that night because he was like i'm not getting on another plane i mean he's come out in the past and said that he is you know afraid of flying in certain things but uh he recently did come out and he he confirmed that he will be playing away games that it hasn't like, you know, taken it too much out of him. But scary times in the NBA, Matt. Super scary, man. Especially you know, COVID and stuff. This is just another thing that you add to it. Not not something that you want to add into this kind of a season. Do you want to do the NHL a little bit? Just because we talked about COVID, we'll 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 touch on it just quickly. Thirteen players, man. Five different teams. Vancouver, we've got our second outbreak in Canada. They're actually getting hit with COVID as opposed to Montreal, which just had the one player. Edmonton or Vancouver's got Alex Edler, Adam Gaudet, Travis Hamnick, Braden Holpe, Quinn Hughes, Zach McEwen, and Antoine Roussel all on the COVID list, plus a coach. Not a great week for them. Their games are going to be postponed. That's rough, but uh, hey, that's Canada right now too, you know. Our COVID numbers are spiking, people are being dumb, and... Uh... Lockdowns are potentially returning. Yeah, man. I was talking to my papu and he was saying that my uncle is going nuts with these schedule <laughs> changes. He's working so hard to try and figure out how he's going to fit these games in, especially because okay. the NHL doesn't want to extend the season. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I'm, I'm expecting them to, to extend the season. But there are a few more guys on the COVID list. It's confirmed that Joel Armia was the guy who tested positive for the variant. Eric Stahl, an acquisition that I'll talk about a little bit later. He's coming up from the United States, so he's got to sit on that list. Zach Parisi, Jake DeBrusque, and Brandon Hagel for Chicago, all on it. But let's go to some positive news, man. Buffalo, yeah. they won a game! It happened, finally, Matt. 
I woke up on Thursday morning. It's April Fool's Day. I pull my phone out and I'm reading an article about Buffalo getting a win. And I'm like, nah, this can't be real. Someone's pulling my chain. <laughs> it happened, Matt. No. W's? W's all around for Buffalo. I mean, until they played their next game, right? <laughs> yeah, man. They couldn't couldn't extend the streak, unfortunately, against the Rangers. They lost in overtime the, the next day after winning their first game in like over three plus weeks. But six one two, right? Like they they had a good game. Yeah, man. It's Philadelphia. Philadelphia has had a horrible, horrible month. They were six and eleven in the month of March. Their superstar goaltender, who's twenty two years old, Carter Hart, has been struggling. So they're forced to go with their backup, Jake Elliott, and they've even kind of scratched Carter Hart for their other like third string goalie. It's just not been pretty. But Man, even Carey Price at that age had struggles. So I'm I'm expecting him to bounce back. I'm not expecting it to be that big of a deal. And hopefully he can find his game because he's only 22 and he was the reason that they were the number one seed last year in the playoffs for the Eastern Conference. So got to love him because he's Canadian too. <laughs> it's hard to hear that, you know, for a young player, right? It's sad at the same time. It's super sad, man, but it's just mental. I'm sure he'll get back to it. And we'll go from like one of the teams that's struggling to Colorado, man. They were so hot in March going 12 and 5. They wow. reclaimed first place in the division where everybody expected them to be. Their first place in the league. We talked about Nathan McKinnon, you know, throwing a helmet Fool. at Connor Carlin. He's, Fool. he's at least he's showing the emotion. He's into it, man. It looks like their he obviously team cares. They're bought in. That's exactly what it is. They're bought into the yeah. season. So Hopefully it'll shine through in the playoffs because everybody was picking them as the Stanley Cup favorites before the year. I mean, they're looking pretty good right there, 23-8-4. and four, So uh, hopefully they'll keep that momentum up. Yeah, man, 50 points, they're crushing it. But we'll go from one disgruntled superstar to the other because I want to talk about my Montreal Canadiens. They got their first game back after after COVID layoff. They got a, a pretty tired Edmonton team that had just won the night before in overtime against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl... Haven't scored too many points on Montreal this year. I think they only have one apiece. And mm. McDavid took out his frustration, frustrations pretty hard on Kakanyemi, man. That was a pretty bad play by him. Man, you can't be doing that. Like, you're a star, and you're just throwing an elbow at a kid. Like, Not okay, McDavid. But, again, we talked about it. He got the fine. They were tired. What are you going to do? I'm just pumped that Montreal hockey's back. I got to watch two games this week, 4 nothing and a 4-1 win. You know, they just go back and forth between being the worst team in the division to the best team in the division to the worst team in the division to the best team in the division. So I'm just hoping that they can find some consistency before the playoffs, and I'll be ecstatic, especially with those two ads that they had this week, man. So even though they didn't have any games during their COVID week, they did make two big moves. They got... Eric Stahl from the Buffalo Sabres, essentially for nothing. He gave him a third and a fifth, but they still have two extra thirds and two extra fifths on top of that. Not even a big deal. And then they got Cole Caulfield, man. I've been I've been waiting for this kid since they drafted him 15th overall. I hope that he fell in the draft that year. He scored 72 goals in 71 games as part of the U or in 55 games as part of the U S national development team. Yeah. Crazy, (laughs) 
crazy. He broke Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane and Phil Kessel's records for, for goals. Uh, Those are some names to be on a list with, you know? <laughs> dude, absolutely. And he gets compared to this guy, Alex DeBrincat, who is lighting the league on fire when it comes to scoring. He's a small 5'7", 170-pound guy, just like Caulfield. Hopefully they can both do the same thing. Caulfield had a great season at Wisconsin, had 30 goals in 31 games with 22 assists. He's definitely going to win the Hobie Baker for the top player in the NCAA this year. He's going to start in Laval with with uh, the Rocket, hopefully on Monday. And um, I want to see him in a Habs jersey, man, because they definitely need someone to start lighting the lamp for them on a really consistent basis outside of Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson. Oh, and Brendan Gallagher. Oh, Gallagher. The legend. I mean, goals are goals, right? Did you see his goal this week against Edmonton, man? Uh, Shea Weber hits a post and it goes behind the goalie. And classic galley fashion, he's diving through the blue paint to knock that puck in. Doesn't care. I, I have not, but that sounds like classic galley, so I'll have to check that out. Sure. Getting getting cross-checked from behind into the ice, but still puts the puck in anyways. Gotta love hey, that you guy. You do what you gotta do to win, and that's why we love galley. Yeah, man. He's never been the biggest, never been the strongest, but always has the biggest heart. And gotta love him. Oh, gosh. I know that feeling. Matt? What else you got? Talk to me. Man, that's pretty much it for the for the NHL. Everything's kind of shaking out the same as it's always been. Nashville's turning around a little bit, uh, which is nice for them, but they're still middling, so who knows if they'll sell or buy at the deadline. NHL trade deadline's coming up on the 12th, but I'll have more about that on the next episode. I think we're good to go to the hardwood. Beautiful. Well, crazy week, weird week, lots of things happening. Wildest thing for me. I can't find any information on the COVID list. No updates. I mean, I was working a lot, so it's partially my fault. I don't know if it's just they didn't want to release it because they've always been releasing it on Thursdays, and that's April Fool's Day. So I guess, you know, April's just getting to us. So I got no information about COVID this week. Hopefully that means that we got nobody positive, nothing going on. Injuries, unfortunately, a different story. Mitchell Robinson, broken foot. Big, big deal for the Knicks. He's undergone surgery. Probably not going to play this season anymore because that's a tough one to come back from. Yeah, that's a, a really big blow to their roster, especially for a team that's hoping to make the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they're sitting at 500 right now. So that sucks for them. Uh, I wish him a speedy recovery because I like watching him play, man. He can protect the rim and he's bouncy, which got to love in the NBA. Yeah, he's a player that I'm glad has continued to be on that Knicks roster through their changes because you know, a big that can play. Wow. Who, who wouldn't love a, a player like Pup for their team? Anyways, um, <laughs> we'll get into that later. The only, the only other injury, speaking of Raptors, Kyle, he has that foot infection. You know, he's going to be at seven to 10 days. I think we're like three days into that now. I guess it's okay because, you know, we're trying to get our young guys to play anyways. So hey man, thoughts, Matt? Fade for you know? Cade. Uh, <laughs> I told Marissa that he had a foot infection. She's like, he's a professional athlete. How did nobody catch that? <laughs> so true, honestly. Fair. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, Matt, we had all the big trades. Everything happened, but the most important thing this week was the buyout market. Some big moves, some big names, joining some teams that really want that silverware. Shall we start with Aldridge to the Nets as they continue to just stock up with players left and right? Man, we talked about it a while ago about how if the Nets win a championship, do we discount it again for Kevin Durant? And I'm thinking, yes, 
I know they're not huge names anymore in terms of um, what they what they once were, but that they don't need them to be that. They only need twenty minutes of of prime Aldridge or twenty minutes of prime Br- Blake Griffin to really do damage. They've got Kyrie, Harden, and KD plus DeAndre Jordan. It's wild what they have. I mean, Aldridge put up 11 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists in his debut. Just kind of chilling. But he allows them to do so much. He's a great big in the pick and roll. And he knows how to play around players around him. So I think he's a great pickup. Obviously, anything for Brooklyn, you know, that is going to play around those stars is going to be a good pickup. And we're we're on a timetable in here now, Matt, right? Like, how long is it until the finals? How long is it until KD's lifting a trophy, right? Because it's seeming like that at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a foregone conclusion in a lot of people's minds. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, KD, Harden, Kyrie are always injured and in and out of the lineup at different times. That just might be a regular season thing. Uh, hopefully they stay healthy for the playoffs. But man, are they just stacked with talent and people are just chasing rings going to them. It's crazy, right? Because the injuries have really been left and right this season. I don't know if that is partially to do with, you know, the COVID restrictions, all of the travel, you know, the limited access that these training staffs and, you know, health staffs may have to be able to take care of their players. You know, everybody's quarantining, being stuck in their home. So it's a season with a lot of crazy things, a lot of crazy factors. And you're going to watch these teams pick up these players because in a season like this, anyone with the right players and the right thing happening can go for a title. Think about the Toronto Raptors 2019 run. Even though you and I know without a shadow of a doubt what that run meant and how it was worthy of us actually getting it, so many people will forever just be like, I mean, injuries were in their way. They only won because this player and that player was out. So anything can happen, Matt. Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully somebody else wins that I don't want to see them win it. <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk about the Lakers then picking up Drummond because with AD and his injuries, LeBron and his injuries, they needed help. And I mean, Drummond ended up having a toe injury when he showed up, so he didn't actually get to debut right away. So another interesting pickup, but I still think good, obviously, for this Lakers team. I think he'll be a fine pickup. He didn't have the best debut, four points, one rebound, two assists in 14 minutes. But what they need him to be is what he is good at. He is an elite, prolific rebounder, and that's what they need. That's what they need help with. Marc Gasol hasn't provided them the value that they were looking for. I think it, he's going to slide right in next to AD, who's going to play the four. LeBron's going to be the facilitator, the efficient scorer, so they don't need him to, to put up volume shots. I think it was a great pickup for them, but you got another guy just ring chasing, man. Just ring chasing. 100%. I do want to go back a second to the Gasol comment. I do want to mention, I don't know if you've read about this, but he's really struggled with COVID and his prognosis and like everything that he's dealt with. He's come out recently and saying that, you know, his conditioning is shot. So a lot of it is partially to do with that. But I just want to say, Marc Gasol, you know, that big dude who helped us win that championship, I'm hoping all the best for him and his speedy return to midcourt. Yeah, man, hopefully hopefully he can win one with LA. I'd like to see him win another because I'm a big fan of his, just like you are. Uh, even though when we traded for him, we've talked about it. I was, <laughs> but he did. I mean, hey, he did Valanciunas is doing amazing things over there. So Dude, sad about that trade still. Top 30 per in the league right now, Jonas Valanciunas out in Memphis. 
He's almost as high as any other Raptor besides Chris Boucher. I mean, so there it is. But yes. Okay, back to the Lakers, obviously. Talking about Drummond, you're right, Matt. A great player who's going to do what they need him to do and will obviously fit in no problems. Kevin, I was going to ask you what you think about DeMarcus Cousins chasing his third ring on a title-contending team. (laughs) He couldn't get it in Golden State, couldn't get it in L.A., you really think he's going to get it with the Clippers? Matt, my thoughts are he's he just, he keeps picking the wrong teams. <laughs> like, he's just, he's like the wrong, I mean, obviously, you know, the Clippers could figure it out this year, but, I mean, we're probably going to dive into the Clippers later and have a serious conversation about them because, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Cousins, man, I don't know if, if there were no other options for you. Who knows if he'll even get to play because, you know, Big Zook has been playing really good for the Clippers this season. So, man. I guess time will tell. I don't know. Cousins again. I'm a, trying. I'm a fan of Ivan Zubok. When they when LA got rid of him, I thought oh, like the Lakers to the Clippers, I thought that was a, a pretty poor trade in their estimation. Uh, Huge L. Yeah, man. Young guy, lots of potential in front of him. But, you know, LA teams aren't the best necessarily at getting trades and, and draft picks right. They're really good at getting the free agency side of it right. Who sure. knows if that pans out? And the other, yeah, exactly. The other big buyout market guy was Jeff T going to the Bucks, bro. You think that's going to help them? I mean, he's a player that can do things that the Bucks need. Yeah, he's. I mean, I don't know. Is he ring chasing? Like, is he just wanting to play with Giannis and the boys? Because they're still a good team. They're still doing well. They've just been kind of under the radar this season. Yeah, positive, but like slight positive, I guess, Matt. Yeah, I I think. I think he's having a decent season right now. I mean, he's figuring it out, and he dropped 15 points in 16 minutes in his debut, so gotta like that start. Can't, I can't argue with that logic, Matt. You I got me there. I also want to call out a Theonis, uh game this week against the New York Knicks back on March 27th with Giannis on the sideline. He dropped 23 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Theonis. Wow. Not Giannis. The legend. Giannis. Let's get did it. You, did you see the all the Giannis bros chilling at the Lakers game, just like hugging it out, having a good bro moment? Oh, it's Thanasius. I'm, I'm awful. Thanasius. Come on, man. This should be your... This should be the one that you get right <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Giannis <laughs> saying that it was the greatest moment. Uh, Thanasius, Giannis, and uh, uh, Alex all on the court together. It's pretty sick. Amazing. Yeah, no. It, it was pretty beautiful. Okay, Matt. Shall we talk about some more player debuts, these other trades, and then talk about these teams and where we think that it might actually go? Because, like, I'm looking at Vucevic, right? 21 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists in his debut. But does it matter? Uh, Apparently not, man. Um, You and I both thought that Chicago was going to start turning it around, especially with that trade. Three straight losses with him on the roster, though, and five straight overall. That's not good. No, it's tough. It's tough to see. Like, I wanted a lot for this Bulls team. You know, some of the YouTubers, the NBA YouTubers that I'm a big fan to follow, like, a lot of them are Bulls fans. And all of them on the night were like, oh, this trade is amazing. This is fantastic. We're finally proving to Zach Levine that we want to give him talent. And now we're, like, a couple days later, and they're all like, okay, we got to talk about this trade because I don't know how I feel about it anymore. So, like, it's it's interesting, because I think that it still has a ton of potential. I think that, you know, chemistry issues, things like that, learning a system, 
you know, it's the Bulls. They've never been, they haven't been the big market team that they're supposed to be for a long time. So is it too early to tell what this could mean? Probably. Is this a bad sign for a start? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely bad start. I hope they do well, though, because I do like uh, the Vooch and um, I like Zach Levine. So hopefully they can figure it out together. But top five seed in the in the East might still be doable, but it's looking more doubtful now. I mean, hey, it is the East, right? Anything's possible with these teams. It's a crapshoot at the lower end of the table. Yeah, after after the four seed, man, it just becomes a jumbled mess. All right, let's switch to the other side. Let's go to the West. Let's talk about Aaron Gordon. He had a very chill, you know, 13.2 rebound debut. Matt, that number changed to 50. I got to ask you about that first because that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Why? Why is it funny to you? So, did you, do you not know why he changed his number? No, why? Okay, so... He came out recently and was like, so I changed my number to 50 because I am the player who has earned the most 50s in dunk contests throughout his history. And I'm dying laughing because he's still being petty and upset about D-Wade or whoever else giving him a 9 instead of a 10 and him losing the contest. I'm dying, Matt. Dude, both of his dunk contest battles against Zach Levine were unreal. And the one that he lost to Derek Jones Jr., that was rigged. I'll, I'll give it to him. You know what? You can be petty about it. He's a petty guy. You could see it yeah. when, he, when he got into that thing with Kyle Lowry. <laughs> so what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, I just, I thought it was so funny because I had like seen the 50 on his shirt, but I hadn't really like clocked in. And then I was reading about it yesterday and I was just like, of course he would. But okay, let's actually talk about the team. Let's talk about these nuggets because, uh, Good, great. I mean, Jokic is still unreal for this team, so I mean, I think it's a positive. I think it'll still be good for them in the long run. Dude, the fact that they didn't have to give up Michael Porter Jr. to get him, great win for that team. They've got Porter Jr., they've got Aaron Gordon, they've got Jokic, and they've got Jamal Murray. That's a potent, potent four out of your starting five. Bull Bull moving around like a frigging guard out there, man. He's got mm-hmm. handles and a shot from three. Ah, this team could be scary in the playoffs, man. Very, very, very scary. You expected them it to really be a comes... second seed. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, I had Jokic as my backup MVP runner. It really comes down, Matt, to whether or not they can have that playoff switch last year. Because remember, this is still the team that was Mike Conley's shot bouncing off the net away from losing to the first ra- in the first round of last year's playoffs. Yeah, losing like, to a Jazz team that's currently first in the NBA. There it is. Thank you for bringing up that comment, but this is the thing, like we don't still know what this team can be in the playoffs. We don't know if Mitchell can become a superstar like he ha- like he does in the playoffs sometimes. And obviously Jokic is unreal, but can he comp- can he continue to do that? As the season goes on, can he continue to do that late through series? Time will tell. I'm still big on this Nuggets team. I liked the trade when it happened. I love Jokic. He's my MVP front runner. I don't care what people say about Harden. I, I I hope for the best, but time will tell. Honestly, dude, I'm I'm pretty sold on the fact that Murray will be the same player that he was in last year's playoffs and this year's playoffs. His playoff stats are always better than his regular season stats. Um and I just think that that's something that's in his DNA. Uh, he's got a winning mentality coming from the big white north. 
And uh, mm-hmm. gotta love him because I think he's going to take this team deep into the playoffs. He loves that competition, Matt. He was saying it last year that, you know, when they were having that battle back and forth, right? That that was what really drove him. And so, yeah, when that's what that's playoffs, though, right? It's when the best players are going to be the, their best. So I hope, I really would love to see the Nets uh, take the Clippers down again in the playoffs. But, you know, a man can dream. <laughs> Do you want to talk about a former rap in Portland? I mean, I can cry again. Great, great debut. Like, Powell, he did so good. 22 points, two rebounds, one assist. I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah. It was super weird for him, apparently, though, man. I loved yeah. his Player Tribune article. I loved what he said about the Raps as a city, Toronto as a city. Um, it was heartfelt and touching. It was it, touching, yeah. And if you're a Raptors fan and you haven't read it, definitely go read it. It will put you in your feels because... I'm so sad that we did another guy who wants to be a lifelong Raptor like that. We did him like we did DeMar. And even though he's not the caliber player DeMar was, and we probably were going to overpay him to keep him, it's just sad to let guys go who want to stay in the city because so many guys have left us. So many. He was a true, like, Torontonian at that point. Like, I loved that article, Matt. Like, I'm glad you sent it to me because I had planned on reading it. But then you like put it in my lap to read so I could read it whenever I wanted. So it was super easy. But yeah, Norman Powell, we wish him all the best. I'm loving the Raptors trailblazers like, you know, love that's happening between the fan bases right now. You know, the people are coming out to the Raptors subreddit and places, you know, from Portland being like, you know, take care of our boy Gary Trent. Like, you know, we we want the best for him in the future. And, you know, Raps fans are going back and being like, yo, let Powell go off. Let him be a stud. Let him help you in the playoffs. So, like, I love it. I'm really excited. I'm so sad that he's gone, obviously. I love Powell as a player. We are the new bucks to him in terms of him wanting to beat us. But also, he loves us. So it'll never be that same aspect, you know? Yeah, hopefully, man. Hopefully, please. Hmm. I, I'm going to miss him. I, I didn't realize how much he cared about the city and reading that article. And I did like him as a player, but damn, that article really got me. I'll miss you, buddy. Uh, right. Agreed. But it's crazy when, you know, sometimes we forget about the human nature of these players, right? About their feelings and, you know, what a city, what a country, what a team can really mean for them. And I hope that, you know, he can find success in Portland crazy that he lined up on the wrong side of uh the lineup when we played them that was kind of crazy yeah man he still wants to be a raptor at heart right and when you think about it for him it was so weird because he was they played in tampa like orlando and then tampa so he's going to the same practice facility the same hotel to get tested and it's just he's on a different floor on a different side and turning left instead of right right. Yeah. yeah it's that's tough man that's a tough one for him uh, hopefully now that he's out in Portland and, and they're not necessarily in the Florida Tampa area, he'll get more accustomed to it. And I want to see him light it up for Portland in the playoffs. Cause I'd be just heartwarming. So I mean, he's playing with Dame dollars, so buckets are going to go in for that team for sure. Yeah. But... Matt, you want to switch, switch gears a little bit. Talk about another debut or a player truly struggled in Evan Fournier for a struggling Boston Celtics team. Oh, of 10 in his debut for zero points. That's a tough one, man. That's or a... five from three as well. Like, ooh. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, he had two rebounds, two blocks, two steals. 
Still, you know? though, dude, like, Boston is just not doing it this year. They had such a dominant roster a couple years ago, and they've just let all those pieces walk out and didn't really get anything back for them. Like, letting Kyrie go and replacing him with Kemba didn't work out the way that they were hoping. No, it's it's definitely an interesting time, and... You know, we'll, we'll come back to Boston. I do want to mention that Fournier has come out and said that, you know, COVID is still affecting him. And this is the season, right, that we don't know what is affecting a player, whether it's mental, whether it's COVID, whether it's this or that, symptoms, non-symptoms. It's a crazy time to be alive in the world, let alone try to be playing a sport like basketball. So, yeah. you know, hopes, hope for the best for him. You know, he does play for the Celtics, though, so not too much of the best for their team. <laughs> the Celtics well but, yeah it's funny man because COVID has given every single NBA player who struggles an excuse mm-hmm. just like Freddie said True. when he came back from his first game he was like I'm gonna shoot the ball as much as I can because if I go off y'all are gonna be like dang <laughs> this guy did that on COVID and if I don't go off oh I just blame it on COVID <laughs> so man. true Matt so true okay last debut to talk about Victor Oladipo Six points, five assists, three rebounds, two steals. Joining this Miami team, he wants to be there. He's finally in the team he wants to play for. Does okay? Yeah, I don't know if he really pushes the needle for that team. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is a pretty similar player to he, to him. So we'll see how it works out. Not, not a huge fan of that move, but gotta do something if you're Miami. I mean, that's the thing, right? Miami was in a weird place. They... They were kind of falling, you know, much like we were, but not as hard. And then they brought it back and they, they figured their things out. And now they're sitting positive, I think, 25-24. So, I mean, I, it's it's kind of a test for them, right? It's kind of a, an easy way for them to say, okay, we'll trade for a player. And obviously it's a steal because of the... I don't know what to say about Houston still. They've botched this deal so hard. But for Oladipo himself, it's an opportunity to prove himself in the city that he wants to be in. And for Miami, it's a chance to say, hey... If this doesn't work out, you can go figure something out next year, right? So, win-win, I guess? I guess. (laughs) Right, simple as that. All right, Matt. Where would you like to move to? Is there anything else you really want to bring up specifically that aren't our final thoughts before we talk about college hoops real quick? No, man, I'm good. Okay. So, obviously, last week I brought it up really quickly. This week I'll have a little bit more because we're into the final four. Crazy things. Obviously, the Zags are still being the Zags. Matt is still really confident in them that they're going to win. 100%. 100%. You're not going to like me later. But let's talk about about this week. Oral Roberts, the 15th seed, they felt Arkansas. i got to bring it up because I'm sad because that was a crazy story. Obviously, we mentioned Cade's gone. You know, they fell early last week, but he has declared for the draft, so I had to bring that up. The last thing from the round of 16 is this UCLA team. They upset Alabama in an OT win. They had six players in double digits, Matt, before they went on to upset Michigan in the round of eight. This UCLA team, Matt, I'm feeling it. Hey, man, there's always a Cinderella story in March Madness. That's why people love this tournament, and UCLA has taken that role this year. They're, they're coming up on one of their toughest tests, so we'll see if they can get it. Um, I don't think the Zags are going to be phased. It's going to be a tough test. I'm going to try to give them some help at the end of this, but we'll see. 
I do want to talk about Baylor, Matt, because they took down Arkansas in the round of eight, and they made their first Final Four appearance in 71 years. Insane. Insane, Matt. Jeez, man. Good for them. That's awesome. But, dude, it's the Zags. Just get over it. I know, I know. I, I shouldn't even try, but I had to bring up that story, Matt, because they've been, like, so close, apparently, like, over and over and over again, losing in the round of eight multiple times, and they just couldn't get back there. So I had to bring up their story. But, yeah, Final Four, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, UCLA is going to try to go and upset another big team in the Zags, and then Baylor and Houston should be a pretty exciting game, but at the end of the day, most people are putting all their money on the Zags, dominating through the rest of this tournament. Yeah, man. It's easy money to put it down on. They're undefeated this year. Would be wild. They also just had a 19-point win in the round of eight over USC. So uh, they, uh, they're they storming, Matt. They're coming. I'm pretty sure 22 of their um, like 28 wins were by double digits. So, yeah, man, they, they dominate teams. They're having a historic season. And, you know, a run through the tournament would only put a cap on that. So we will see. I'm pretty sure... Uh, by this time next week, Matt, we will know, I think, who the champion is. So yeah, we, we will should. bring it back next week, and uh, hopefully you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, Jalen Suggs going to try to raise his uh, name up that draft board with a NCAA title. But I think Cade and Mobley are probably just a, a rank above him. I mean, they've just set the draft date, July 29th. I mean, we've been talking about it, Matt, endlessly. Cade versus Mobley. I mean, there's a consensus top five for most people, but most people are expecting Cade Cunningham and Mobley to be the two, you know, one twos, depending on which team really has a need. And, you know, I like Cade, Matt, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's Cade, but people like Mobley. So if we're drafting, I wouldn't be upset with either guy. Seven footer, just saying. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Final thoughts, Matt. We got a couple of things we want to talk about before we talk into Raps Chat. Lead the way, my friend. Well, I just want to talk about the LA Clippers trading Shea Gilgis Alexander because that was probably the worst decision they've ever made. Trading Shea, Danilo Gallinari, five first-round picks for Paul George. When Shea is having a better year than him, yikes, man. And they need a point guard? Do you think Kawhi is going to regret going to the Clippers? I mean, he's probably regretting his, I need a star name, rather than joining a team with young talents that, you know, need a star that could help them go to the, wow, wait, where did I hear Kawhi do that with a team? Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Clippers are in a very unfortunate place. I mentioned it when the trade happened that, it's either going to be extremely good or we could be seeing a team that in three years has completely destroyed their future. And we're almost up on year two, Matt. So yeah. Clippers, what are you doing, team? Man, I was reading an article that says a lot of people expect Kawhi to leave if they don't win. They expect him to join another team, a younger roster. And that's why a lot of teams were hesitant to give up big name assets because you got to keep those assets if you want Kawhi to join. Could you imagine him coming back to the Raps and bringing us back into relevancy? Guy should never have left. Matt, in year two of my my NBA shooting guard career, Kawhi came back, and we are dominating. I think we're like fourteen and two to start the season. Anyways, different different type of thing, but yeah, that would be crazy. I mean, Kawhi is Kawhi. He's always gonna be 
a really good talent, you know, for the next few years in the league. And man, you know, he's regretting some of his decisions, especially with the season we had last year. But I mean, the best thing the Clippers have going for them is that they are in LA and that's where he wants to be. So who knows? He could have, he could have put himself into a top 10 player of all time category had he stayed and we won last year. People were talking about him being a top five player of all time had they won another championship. And now it looks like he's just going to leave in free agency. Poor decision. Poor decision. What are you going to do? Man, it, it's crazy how much the narrative can change, uh, you know, with these thing or that thing happening. Like, it's so unfortunate. I mean, the Clippers picked up Rondo, so they're hoping to have the Rondo playoff magic that he likes to bring in with a guard. But... I just don't think it's enough, man. I look at I look at what some of these teams in the West have done to like stockpile, and I mean, I still think the Mavericks. I mean, you we were talking about it last year. I think the Mavericks could probably beat them this year, and I think that they may not even be a better team than they were last season. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll see. That West is so stacked up, man. It's it's tight out there, and and any team could win, especially with the Lakers dropping down the down the rankings because they don't have LeBron or AD. They're going to be a tough first-round matchup for one of those top-seeded teams. I would try to avoid the Lakers at all costs. It's crazy that the Lakers might be a 5-6, even a 7th seed, depending on how much these injuries affect them. And you still would be confident in them, if LeBron and AD are back, to win it all. Yeah. It's crazy, Matt. The West is going to be a wild playoff run. I'm excited for some of the games we're going to get to see. 100%, man. You want to skip Boston and go right to the Raps? you're speaking to my heart right now because I mean we talked about Boston and their woes and I mean I don't want to solve Boston's woes but I'm happy to talk about the Raptors ones and try to solve them dude it was a rough month week whatever you want to talk about <laughs> oh and four this week two one and twelve on the month dude what is going on 15 and 17 in our last games that's what's going on Matt so, okay, there's two, there's two like phrases or like two chunk words that I'm going to say to describe the rest of our season, because we are going to be a rebounding disaster no matter what we do, because no matter what happens, we can't do it. But also every once in a while, we put on a tank masterclass. Like there's moments in every single one of those games this week, at least that I got to see where, you know, the boys played well. They looked like the team that could compete and be great. But then also there's times where we put up 10 points in the third quarter against the Blazers. Like... We, we can't be doing that if we want to actually compete in this league. And that OKC game, we just threw it away at the end there. Like, we were up by, like, 14, and no winning plays are coming out of the Raps. Like, the Raps help. Gary Trent Jr., career high, in and out. I feel bad for him. Yeah, man, that 31 points was, was nice to see in his second game as a Rap. But, or third game as a Rap. But again, man, like... We have no center, no rebounding help. How do Chris Boucher and Aaron Baines combine for six total rebounds? That's when you're going to lose games. And when you, you know, go up for a layup and put it off the backboard and the guy blocks it and not a call, when it's such a tight game, it was only five oh, points at that point with two minutes left. Like, that's, that's how you lose games, man. Those kind of calls lose teams' games. And that's why... 
I'm so mad at NFL, NHL and NBA refing. We didn't even talk about the NHL ref who got fired last week because he got oh, caught, right. on a, caught on a hot mic saying that he was making a makeup call. We all know they do it. They need to get it out of the game. It's brutal. Oh, man. It's crazy. I was in a Discord chat with some of my, my American friends today, and I went off. They had me talking about why the refs suck, and I just went off on, on the refs, and then there was just like like silence after the Discord call, and I was like, Oh man, sorry boys. I didn't realize I, I got loud there for a minute, didn't I? And they were like, Yup. So yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I you know, it happens in every sport, you know, there's teams, there's players, they're always gonna have bias against them. And I don't really know what the raps did, but it's obvious at this point. Everyone sees it, you know. My favorite thing that I wanna bring up, Matt, is Lou Will's comments about us. I don't know if you read it, um, but I'm just gonna say it now. He basically said something along the lines of like to see a championship team two years removed from a chip, you know, one year removed from the second best record to go through a pandemic, lose their pride, all of their will. Like they don't they, they have no fun. You know, I really love that comment because it's, it really defines what's happening. These that, guys yeah. are playing in a different place. You know, it's not safe. They don't know what's happening day and night. And COVID really messed us up before the all star break. And why not tank? Why not just, you know, call it in because we're playing in Tampa, right? Yeah. You know, it's not the worst idea to, to tank it in and, and go for a high-end lottery pick. I think they've got, like, the seventh spot right now. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them drop into the top two or even winning the lottery because we could use a guy like Cade or Evan Mobley. Um, it's just brutal out there, though, for us. It's It's really tough. I mean... We had years, Matt, years, a great, you know, we weren't the top of the table, but we had a good five to seven years where it was like, we watched great teams play competitive times and, you know, watching these games this week and recently, like just the fire is out of so many players on our team and it, and it hurts to see it. You know, you watch, you watch Freddie go, what, five, seven for 20 against the Pistons right? I, I, I mention that all the time, that sometimes he's just chucking the ball up. Yeah. It happens, unfortunately, right? And we're going to go through our struggles and hopefully the boys can wash their hands clean and come back next year and really put out, because we're capable of doing that. Yeah, he had a really rough week, man, Freddie. 8 of 18, 7 of 19, 7 of 20, yeah. 5 of 17. He's not striking it well from deep. Uh, maximum 22 points. Like That's not what we need from Freddie. Siakam not getting along with Nick Nurse. These guys, I think that championship kind of ruined their mentality and they think that it should just be handed to them because they are champions. But again, it was never Siakam. It was never Freddie who was Robin to Kawhi's Batman. It was Kyle Lowry, man. We've talked about it before and I'll bring it up every time we talk about that championship season. Without Kyle Lowry, we have no shot whatsoever. Not, not even close. Like, I, I said it, I've said it many times. Like, Lowry was the leader of that team. Kawhi was the sniper, right? And we're, we're rolling into this new phase where I look at Fred, I look at Siakam, I look at OG, and I look at Gary Trent Jr. as, like, the true four youngish pillars. stars that we could play. Yeah, exactly. Pillars of our of our future at this point. And of those definitions, are all four of those players closer to being a leader or a sniper? 
or something else entirely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think OG and Gary Trent are kind of the two that we should really focus on building around. I love their fast friends, and I think it also has to go with something that Fred wrote about in his Player Tribune that Norm. He Norm, sorry. He yeah, Freddie and Siakam came up together and they were really good mm-hmm. friends and he added OG kind of on a later category. I wonder if OG feels that and felt like he was out of the core and now with Gary Trent Jr., he's got a guy yeah. who's a little bit younger than him who they can build together and be the the two main pillars that Siakam and Freddie are trying to be, but hopefully they'll be better because Siakam and Freddie right now, I mean, we're garbage. Our record's bad. We are it's... killing the Golden State Warriors by 20 right now. Just uh, throw oh, that out there. Amazing. I totally forgot that that game was going on. Well, yeah, Friday life. Oh, we are up huge. Okay, I'm, we got we to gotta wrap this thing up, man. No. Okay, so I want to I wanna touch on Fred. I want to touch on Pascal. And then I want to touch on OG and Gary Trent. Because obviously Pascal has had serious struggles. You know, he just, he can't close games, which Nurse has continually been like, you're going to be our guy. You're going to do it. Because Matt, I don't want the ball in Fred's hand at the end of games. What he did, like at the end of our playoff run last year, the final shot he took, I'm still sad about. I'm still upset about. I still wish, a part of me still wishes he had signed somewhere else and that we had paid their money because I still see those moments out of him. Am I a big fan of both of them? Heck yes. I got a Siakam jersey back there right behind me. But I agree with you wholeheartedly, Matt. OG may completely have felt, you know, partially disconnected from this core. And they're fast friends. And I love the definitions of these players, Matt, because it is defense. If we learned anything from Nick Nurse in the beginning of his career as a coach, it is that he will give players minutes who are willing to defend at an elite level. And we have two 22-year-olds who have the potential to be some of the best defenders in the NBA by the time they're 26, 27? Yes, please. 100%, man. Gary Trent and OG, both of them look like defensive studs. Right now, Gary Trent's on fire. I mean, we just talked about his career-high 31 points. The guy's 5 of 6 as we speak. He's got 17 (laughs) points in 18 minutes against the Golden State Warriors. He's 5 of 6 from deep, 6 of 9 from the field. Uh, OG's been putting on an offensive show lately since they got... um, since he's been back from that ankle injury, um, man, I think we could build with these two. And if we add Cade or Evan Mobley to that, look out, league. Matt, I want to bring up that trade that I was talking about, and just that you know earlier when I was said that would you trade Pascal and Fred for Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Ant Man? Just your thoughts on like that kind of potential? Because as much as we love Pascal and Fred. Maybe they're not it. Minnesota wouldn't do the trade. They wouldn't. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but if we could get like players like that, man, I'd even trade Siakam and Fred just for Cat. That'd be fine with me. Oh, I mean, the, the the thing is, is we're we're not looking at these players as the negatives of them. It's that their contracts, what they got paid for, and what we see them actually being on those contracts don't line up. And that's why you look at Pascal and Fred as potentially not the future. And you look at the young studs in OG and Gary Trent who don't yet have those contracts for us to be disappointed at, right? So, you know, this, the, scale, the scale weighs both ways, but I'm really excited for our future. Let's just get through this season already. Hey, man, I'd rather give uh, 
Julius Randle for Pascal Siakam. That'd be a <laughs> trade with me. Yeah, maybe. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, Matt. Anything else, Raptors chat, or should we go into predictions? We can go into the Mystic predictions, man, because mine's going to be nice and easy. Got no faith in our Raptors. We're going 0-3 this week. We're going to blow this lead against um, the Warriors. I'm calling it right now. Oh, man. You have a really bad track record with uh, numbers in your predictions. Just going to throw that out there real quickly. But anyways, oh, I'm, I'm going to go against the grain. I mentioned it earlier. I'm trying to keep Matt on the down because I don't want the Zags to win at all. I love an upset. And UCLA, they're 2-for-2. Two two. I want them to be 3-for-3. Three three. Take the Zags down. And go all the way to the finals. But we will see. We'll see, Kevin. We'll see. I think you're wrong, but... Yeah, but you're supposed to think I'm wrong. You got that I curse on that your you're side. Wrong. <laughs> I'm nah. hoping, man. I mean, the curse worked for getting Brady to another ring, so maybe I can help with some NCAA luck, right? Still mad at you about that. Still <laughs> friggin' mad, bro. How can you do that to me? Patrick Mahomes, the GOAT! Don't forget, Matt, you remember that prediction you had me do about Patrick Mahomes in next season? It's still sitting there. The curse knows about it. Oh, God. Gotta get away from this curse, bro. Gotta get away. <laughs> All right, anything else, my dude? Nah, you can wrap us up. All right, beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at TheBoardSports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.